0: Within just a few years, we will spend more on interest payments than we will on national defense. That is a bright flashing warning sign that we are on an unsustainable path. And clearly it is unsustainable because the fastest growing part of our budget is interest payments. And when you have a debt that's growing faster than your economy, obviously something will have to give.
1: To hear more about potential impacts of our increasing federal debt level, subscribe to PGIM's The Outthinking Investor in your favorite podcast app. Hey, one quick note. This show you're about to hear was recorded in mid-December. Pushkin. Live from New York and London, the global financial capitals of the world, and of course by live I mean not live, this is The Unhedgies, the awards show from Unhedged, where we celebrate The winners and the stinkers in this year's world of finance and markets. I'm reporter Ethan Wu here in New York. Joining me today to crown our favorites and least favorites in the world of finance and markets today. It's financial commentator Robert Armstrong here in New York and from London, markets editor Katie Martin. We're about to nominate some some winners and maybe some losers.
0: I hope you're wearing black tie for the occasion.
2: Yes, I'm sitting here in my evening dress.
0: Full evening wear. Yeah. I,
2: I'm wearing a full
1: white suit. Well, let's get right into it. We've got a lot of unhedgies to get through. And beginning most sensationally with the unhedgie for scam of the year. Mm-hmm. I have to nominate FTX, which, yes, I know did blow up last year. But I think this year, 2023, really revealed the true scammy nature of the machine that was FTX for transferring money from your sorry, sorry bank account to Sam Bakeman-Fried's very large bank account. Great job, Sam. I nominate you for scam of the year for this on Hedgie.
0: First of all, I think it's a category error on your part because FTX blew up in 2022. The trial was in 2023. But even aside from that, I think it's very hard to beat Binance, right? Similar jam, crypto shop. When it got fined for no fewer than $4.3 of your Earth dollars, that includes the largest U.S. Treasury fine of all time, the rap sheet for Binance covered a lot of ground. And I I mean a lot of ground, like trades with North Korea, trades with Iran, trading with Al-Qaeda, trading with ISIS, involvement in the narcotics trade, in organized crime... I mean, it goes on and on and on. Go big or go home. I say go Binance.
2: It's the thoroughness for me of Binance. Yeah. The breadth of the of, of the indictment against them. I think FTX may have reached higher heights, but literally Binance checked every conceivable box for things <laughs> to do wrong with money. And for this reason, I have to vote with Katie.
0: Bravo. Yeah.
2: All right.
1: Two to one. The unhedgy for scam of the year goes to Binance. And if anyone from Binance, especially CZ, if you're listening, we are very happy to send you your unhedgy in the mail. You'll just have to reveal where your headquarters is so we know where to send it to. Moving swiftly on the next category is deal of the year, which is a tough call, and I think is going to involve a lot of cheating because there were just not very many deals this year. This was another year of a dud IPO market, once again, but I hope we've all either done our research or cheated on the category to be able to come up with a nominee for deal of the year.
2: I got a nominee. Okay. Michael Dell, Hmm. who took his own company private some years ago, used that as a platform to buy VMware, sold VMware to Broadcom this year. And in those combined deals, he contributed about $6 billion of equity and those stakes in the deal and the current value of Dell, $60 billion or so.
0: Ooh. Nice.
2: So he did a 10-bagger. And so now we can stop teasing him for saying, like, 15 years ago that Apple should just close up shop and move. 20 years ago, <laughs> he was the guy who said, Apple is a hopeless case, so it should just close up shop and move on. Now that he has 10-bagged his fortune I think we can forgive him for saying that, and I think the award for deal of the year should go for Michael Dell's contribution to the Broadcom VMware deal. That's a strong nominee.
1: I'm going to cheat in this category once again. I am nominating the Microsoft Blizzard deal, which, yes, I know was inked last year, but it was finalized in October this year. It was unclear, very unclear, I would say, if it would pass antitrust scrutiny, and it did this year. Uh, One of the biggest deals in gaming history... Not necessarily in a good way. I think there have been a lot of concerns that there's going to be a deprecation of service in the long run. But Microsoft has promised very earnestly. Sachin Nadella has has pleaded with regulators. We'll we'll do a good job with Blizzard. Come on. let, Let us have this deal. It's okay.
2: What game are they famous for? What is
1: Blizzard's big game? World of Warcraft is probably their biggest, mm. uh, their biggest title, and uh, Microsoft owns stuff like uh, the Xbox franchise, Call of Duty. Yeah, you know there are hopes that there can be a grand gaming package between these two giant gaming companies. Uh, we will have to see. I hope Sacha Nadella keeps his promise and is very yes. nice about this whole tie-up. All right, Katie, what's your nominee for Deal of the Year?
0: Slim pickings, isn't it? I gave one of our M A reporters on the newsroom a mince pie earlier and asked him to tell me about M&A and he said there really hasn't been any. (laughs) (laughs) Deals like that, I think like we're at something like a 10-year low for the sort of deal flow on this. There have been some really biggies in big oil, big oil becoming even bigger oil, but it's been so slow that it is very difficult to pick a favourite. So I thought I would cheat Mm. and uh, go for this... Hunterbrook thing, this plan for a startup that melds together a newsroom and a hedge fund in a oh, definitely not one. complicated mm. compliance yeah. scenario. The news bit of it, apparently Watchdog is a working title, uh, due to launch early next year. Just, I mean, for its sheer weirdness as a news story this year, I think it's got to be right up there, but it's not like a you know a big stonking 10-bagger yet, Of the uh, Michael Dell variety. So
2: just for its sheer success in making journalists freak out. And of course, the reason this idea made journalists freak out is it raised the possibility, however remote, that someone would do journalism and make money doing it.
0: I mean, what sort of voodoo th- is this?
2: Th- this causes so much confusion, excitement, it's not and Bloomberg, jealousy for heaven's sake. I mean, among honestly. journalists that it just blew yeah. up as a story. But can we really yeah. call this deal of the year? I feel like I've only seen this in news articles. I, yes. I have yet to be convinced yeah. these are real
1: people at a real company doing a real thing. That, right. that remains
2: to be seen. Michael Dell. Let's give it to Michael Dell. Guy made a lot of money. Fine.
0: I'll give
2: All it right. to Michael okay, Dell. Okay, Michael it's Dell.
1: For least attractive computers of all time, and possibly the greatest deal of
2: 2023, Michael Dell. Yeah, big money from a mediocre product. (laughs) That's what this show is all about. (laughs) Well, speaking of big money, the next
1: category is Central Banker of the Year for the Unhedgy Awards. This is a tough category. There have been a lot of accomplished central bankers doing a really tough job all around the world. Come
2: on, the default answer here... And I'm not necessarily voting for him here, but it's got to be Big J, right? We got the soft landing. Jay Powell, he's the man, right? Rob, I think your
1: americentrism
2: is showing right now. It is.
1: <laughs> I will have to nominate Pan Gongcheng, the head of the People's Bank of China, for oh, a truly, truly difficult job that he has had this year of stabilizing the incredibly volatile Chinese economy. Is it Stabilized. Uh, not necessarily, but he's been trying. <laughs> he's been he's been trying. He's got the biggest
2: job. He's got the biggest. job. He's got job. the hardest job. Yeah,
1: he's got yeah, the hardest is,
0: job. is it stabilized? And by the same token, is is the soft landing really down to Jay Powell? It's definitely an arguable point.
1: What's your your nominee, Katie?
0: My nomination is Hafize Geyer Erkan, who I was, as I'm sure you're aware is the new uh, head of the Turkish Central Bank. Um, yes, there was a big hmm. election in Turkey this year. President Erdogan won again, and the whole like, lead up to it was if Erdogan wins again, then he's going to keep doing really weird stuff with monetary policy. Well, Erdogan, Erdogan is know? the guy,
2: right, who says that tight policy causes inflation. Yes.
0: High rates cause inflation. The high interest Let's... rate lobby. Yes, now, the polite term for that is unorthodox. Yes. <laughs> unorthodox policy und, under uh, Erdogan so far. He's appointed to a bunch of people through the years who kind of do what he wants. He won re-election and appointed this Hafize Gaye Erkan, who is Princeton-educated, ex-Goldman Sachs. Let's brush over the bit where she was uh, First Republic, uh, one of the banks that went pop this year. <laughs> and mm. she is absolutely straight down the line. She's like, we've got an inflation problem. We need to raise rates. We need to do it hard and fast. And she's been jacking up interest rates. She uh, appears to be doing this with the blessing of of the president. And somewhat miraculously, foreign investors are starting to tiptoe back in. Now, if you'd have said to me at the start of this year, Erdogan's going to win again. He's going to appoint a whole new central bank chief. And actually, investors are going to start sniffing around Turkey after the disaster that they've had with this thing over the years. I'd have told you to have a lie down. But this particular central banker has got market trust. It's uh it's a miracle.
2: Okay, I'm gonna support this nomination for the following reason. Obviously this story is gonna end really badly, and <laughs> watching your nominee, Katie, for central banker of the year, explode into flames next year is gonna be mm-hmm. fantastic. Oh, so I That's think that good. she gets my she gets my vote for the unhedgy for sure.
1: I gotta push back on on the Turkish central bank. I think this is just a function of Erdogan's blessing. Imagine the same woman if Erdogan did not like what she was doing. She'd be useless. She'd be powerless. It's just an extension of Erdogan's personal decision on whether interest rates are good or bad. That may be true,
2: Ethan, but it's two to one. And I think we describe that kind of a situation <laughs> as tough All right, here at uh, Unhedged. Central Banker of the Year goes to the Turkish Central
1: Banker, whose name I cannot pronounce. Katie, would you like to try?
0: Hafiza Gaya Erkan.
1: Excellent. Thank you. She's the one. All right. Next up, it's IPO of the year, initial public offering. And for this one,
2: I have- That's actually not the name of the award. The name of the award is IPO of the year other than Birkenstock, <laughs> I think. Is... Were, were there any of those? I don't know. <laughs> I, I have one that I am very confident neither of you heard
1: about. I dove deep into the database to find this one. There is a company that went public this year called the NFT gaming company trading under the ticker NFTG. They make a NFT-based game called Gaxos Brawlbots which has a whopping mm. 15 reviews on the Apple App Store. The stock and it listed b- listed listed this year. They raised a few million dollars. They debuted at $14.15 a share and are now trading at 36 cents a share for a market cap of under $5 million. Got to give it mm. to you guys for one of the worst games I've ever seen, Mm. and a truly brutal stock debut, I got to give it to the NFT gaming company.
2: Sold.
0: (laughs) Can I just make a quick nomination for the UK's very own CAB Payments? It does sort of payment stuff around uh, African currencies. It listed three months later, its stock tanked 72%. Really slashed and burned some revenue forecasts, um, all due to stuff that they said was out of their control, involving moves in the Nigerian currency and in the various other kind of currency areas in, in Africa. And um, lots of investors are very unhappy about it. And it's one of these things that it's like, yeah, no, no, the UK can definitely do IPOs and they're great. And then this one comes along and it's like, oh, God, oh, let's yeah. just pretend this didn't happen.
1: Listeners, you, you could really get a gestalt feeling for the IPO market, given our incredible gloom about it in these nominations. But I think the award for IPO of the year, except for Birkenstock, has to go to the NFT gaming company, giving them probably the most prestigious exposure they have ever gotten in the financial media. All right, moving on. The next category is prediction of the year made on unhedged. (laughs) Prediction made on unhedged of the year.
2: Okay, Uh, I have, we've made a lot of bad predictions this year. So many. So many, we've been terrible. I won't go into the bad ones.
0: We haven't got time. I mean, this is only a short podcast. (laughs)
2: Thank you, Katie. Uh, (laughs) On October the 23rd, we did write a column saying, man, maybe now is the time to buy long bonds. That duration at almost 5% on the 10-year treasury might be time. This might be about as good as it gets. We were hesitant, but that was our call. And we just about top-ticked it.
0: So what was the uh, that you in say? a year
2: of terrible predictions and mistakes for unhedged, that is one we can look back on with some satisfaction.
0: That was October the you what? 23rd. Nice. And
2: I think the peak in the 10 year was like maybe the 16th or something like that or the 20th. Hmm. So it was hmm. right in there. And, you know, we've taken 100 basis points or so off the 10 year since then. So none of this is financial advice. But of the non-pieces of financial (laughs) advice Unhedge has given, this was the least dangerous of all Uh, of them. Katie?
0: I'm also going to pick one of my own predictions, which was that the Fed is not going to start cutting rates until the third quarter of next year. If you remember, we bet a pint of beer on this outcome, and I think you thought that I was being ridiculous and they were going to go much sooner than that. I think I'm still safe with it.
2: Latest jobs report certainly uh, supports your case. Yeah, absolutely. A couple more like that and you'll be drinking a whole pint of beer.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be owing Katie a beer very soon on that bet. I've got to nominate my own prediction for worst prediction made on unhedged on the Mm. year, which was the bet I took on rate cuts, which was the first quarter of next year. That does he not a... look like it is going to be happening. <laughs> Unless there is no. a recession suddenly in the next couple of months, I don't think that's happening. So I was wrong. And Katie increasingly appears to be right. We'll have to see what happens next
2: year. Katie, we're going. you're the winner of this one.
0: I feel like I've won a lot today. I'm feeling like you're the leader. <laughs> victory is mine. Yeah, Rob, why'd you give it to the Turkish
1: Central <laughs> Banker? Award. Come on.
2: Come on. <laughs> next award. Next
1: award. Uh, we're, we're taking a break and coming back. Okay, cool. We have one more on to give out, and this is the big one, the ultimate one. It's trade of the year. And we'll talk about that right after a short break. Liquid alternatives can offer some substantial diversifying returns, not only
0: in a 2022 world where traditional asset classes are challenged, but also during a world where you have only a few asset classes delivering on their expected
1: returns. And therefore, you need some genuine diversification within your portfolio. To hear more about managing risk in the face of uncertainty, subscribe to PJM's The Outthinking Investor in your favorite podcast app. Welcome back to the Unhedgy Awards for Financial Excellence and Malfeasance. This is the final Unhedgy of 2023, and it is trade of the year. Trades should tell us about financial markets. That's where the rubber meets the road. That's where people have to commit real money to what they think is going to happen in the world. And for this category, I have to nominate the basis trade. This, Mm. as listeners will know in previous Unhedged episodes, is the great pricing exploitation between treasuries and treasury futures. You lever up, You put a lot of money to work in this tiny little pricing discrepancy, and you print dollars. It's got central bankers worried. It's got financial regulators worried. And if a trade is so good that it freaks people out, the Fed and the BIS out, it's got to be a damn
2: good trade. Mm, Nice one. Katie?
0: I'm going to go for the heroes out there that looked at the chaos in the uh, US government bond markets after SVB went down. Let's not forget, SVB and Credit Suisse both went pop this year, and the earth is still turning.
2: It's amazing. That's the fact of the year.
0: We had had a banking
2: crisis and nothing happened.
0: Well, that's the thing. So when SVB went down, the bet in the market was right, this is it, Armageddon, Treasuries went through the roof because there was this idea that the Fed was going to start cutting rates because everything was terrible. And there were a few investors who were like, nope, I'm not having it. This is a massive overreaction and took the other side and they were completely right. And uh, yeah, well done to anyone who held their nerve through that.
2: My nomination for this category takes the form of a quiz, Mm -hmm. which I will now give to my co-hosts. So I have before me a list of the best performing stocks in the S&P 500 by total return. Mm. The first two, you could probably guess. There are friends at NVIDIA and Meta. The next two, do you know what those might be? And I'll give you a hint. They're in the same industry. Is UBS one of them? Eh. Katie, got a guess?
0: Uh, s&p 500 uh,
2: ubs isn't even in the s&p 500 that was as yeah, wrong an answer as all, it is possible it's for also a person not in the same give.
0: category and what are you talking about woo um <laughs> i'm gonna say 50 so so, what did you what uh this is number three Microsoft. and four Microsoft. on the performance
2: list nope not in um, they are not in Le- the magnificent Le- seven these Leonard? two companies letter uh, home builders Close, getting closer. I'm just going to tell you because you two losers are never going to figure it out. Cool. The number three and four best performing stocks in the S&P 500 with total returns of 144 and 125% respectively are Royal Caribbean Cruises and Carnival Cruise Lines. Wow. You see what I'm saying? Somebody knew it. Are, Somebody in the booth knew someone
0: it. Someone <laughs> is cruising for okay, a prison right now. This there. trade,
2: this basically yep. if you bought those stocks at the beginning of this year, that is basically the hardest core bet against recession that a person could possibly make. Not yep. only are these like extremely discretionary companies that serve the middle class rather than the rich who would be insulated from recession. But they're massively over-levered. They had to take on this huge amount of debt during the early part of COVID just to survive when no one could go Mm. on a cruise line. And here they are just kicking ass this year. So (laughs) if you bought, at the end of 22, Royal Caribbean or Carnival Corporation, write a letter to Unhedge headquarters and we will send you your unhedgy trophy. I
1: cannot support this trade because I went on a Royal Caribbean cruise in January and I got norovirus on day
0: one. (laughs) On day
1: one. And the stock still went up. The fish poisoned me on Royal Caribbean. (laughs) (laughs) Katie, you're the tiebreaker.
0: Uh, I'm going to go for the cruise ships I'm very sorry about about your dodgy tummy but that is a run I think the
2: dodgy tummy is more evidence of how brilliant it is you can make people (laughs) sick and your stock can go up 150%
1: Mm. right, trade of the year goes to the big cruise liners in the S&P 500 some of our best performers outside of the tech industry thus concludes the 2023 Unhedgies we'll be sending you your prizes in the mail. Unfortunately, the budget for those prizes was very small. We spent it all on the Unhedged house band, which will play me out. See you next year, guys. Unhedged is produced by Jake Harper and edited by Brian Erstadt. Our executive producer is Jacob Goldstein. We had additional help from Topher Forges. Cheryl Brumley is the FT's Global Head of Audio. Special thanks to Laura Clark, Alistair Mackey, jacob weisberg and jess trulia ft premium subscribers can get the unhedged newsletter for free a 30-day free trial is available to everyone else just go to ft.com slash unhedged offer i'm ethan wu thanks for listening